That F King Show. People of the internet, hello and welcome to That F King Show. I'm the F King Guy, and this week we're doing the first ever Relax We're actually doing a quiz this week show. There are points involved, but it's not really a quiz, and it's not just a personality or aptitude test I've nicked from some online resource. It's a quiz of positivity, and the stuff I've nicked is next week's show. Going forward, I'm thinking of dedicating one show a month to positivity and good necessity to spread love and joy with the world. More importantly, I don't have to do any work writing a quiz and have more time to finish the multitude of art projects I have in the can and also update the new and improved TotalCultZone.com. That's right, TotalCultZone.com, where you can find all our shows and social media links, information on where you can find our show, and links to my Patreon, full of lovely bonus content, which includes all the audio that we don't actually put out on the air. But there's plenty of stuff on there for you to enjoy for free. That's right, head on over to TotalCultZone.com, we can find all of that stuff and my art projects. Yes, I do art stuff when I'm not doing this show. Currently, my comics can be seen in several small press publications around the globe, and all the information on them and commission work can be found at totalcoatzone.com for your F-King show needs and desires. And if you're over there and listening to us but can't support us monetarily, maybe give us a rating and review on whatever podcatcher you use. Share the show with your friends, both real and the imaginary online ones wherever and whenever you can. Every little helps. And finally, if you want to talk, complain, or send us pictures for the Grundle Bundle, fkinghello at gmail.com. That's fkinghello at gmail.com. That's out of the way. On with the extra long, super spooky show. Okay, so while doing the editing and listening back to reactions and topics I've chosen over the previous episodes, there's been a lot of hate on stuff. Mm. So these uh, top five episodes are going to be about the good things in our lives. So positivity, this is a positivity quiz. Anytime you put out any hate, like, oh, I fucking hate that, all that oh. shit, you lose five <laughs> points. Oh, and if you swear, you lose three points. Because daddy rules. Daddy's not here. I'm the daddy today. <laughs> oh, that's not like that. Don't Putting like that. my daddy pants on. You mean you weren't wearing pants? <laughs> oh, Up shit. super you high. Mean- Oh, he means business. Oh, that's me Taylor Swift t-shirt. <laughs> right in the Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been a lot of negativity, especially the Rolling Stone Top 500. Even there's a good artist in there with a great song, it's like, oh, that shit compared to the rest of his stuff. So it's either hatred or a contrarian viewpoint. So if you give him two choices, oh, I'd rather have the third one. It's like cake or ice cream. I'd, I prefer a trifle. <laughs> Can I have all of them? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, so this week, because spooky season has just passed us, or is uh, pretty much passed us by now, we're going to be covering the same thing everyone else has done this month, and that's horror movies, specifically your top five favourite horror movies of all time. Ooh. But who is this we I speak of? First up, it's the year-round Grinch, Troll Boy on a Love Quest, Boulamont. That's right, it's me. It's your happy, happy boy, Boulamont. And uh, yeah, positivity. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> the conviction. Sadly, Aisha's on a Zoom call for some conference thing this week. She's not here. So, Boo, could you do Aisha's plugs for her? No. <laughs> Next up, uh... the lady in black. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. Well, go on. Big... Ugh, you can follow her on Twitter at Big Femme Vader. Uh, you can follow her at Fierce Females. 
And you can Google Aisha Raymond and uh, look at her IMDb and be like, really? You were, wait, she was in that? Oh, uh, really? Oh, oh, she was in that with, oh. There you go. <laughs> Positivity. Mark down five points. No! <laughs> that was a good thing. Oh, come on. This is pre quiz. You said you wouldn't. Oh, pre quiz. <laughs> And finally, the lady in black, whimsical goth artist, Abby Stabby. It's me. It's the birthday girl. How we doing, dudes? Wait, it's not your birthday today, is it? Ah, but it will have been. It Time is. travel. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. birthday's the day before Halloween. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I'm qualified spooky. No, no, you are. You, you, you concern me. I thought, have I missed it? And I'm being <laughs> Where's and my pens, Lamont? Can I just say, from Future, Bo- from future Bully... Happy birthday. Oh, cheers, babe. So you, the stop. Stop. <laughs> and you can sell all well wishes and any photos you wish to Abby. That's at, at fkinghello at gmail.com. That's fkinghello at gmail.com. We want to see those birthday pictures. I don't know if Lee, you can follow her and stalk her on any social media she's on. Abby, no, give us no, your plugs. No. Not those guys. Oh, no, not those types. No, um, Abby Stabby on Instagram and YouTube, Abby Stabby Art on Patreon, Twitch, and Facebook. Please buy commissions. I'm shit, and I ended up buying all my own birthday presents this year. Thank you. So what did you buy yourself? Uh, I bought myself a really sick orc mask. (laughs) Um, That's not really something you can tell someone to buy, though, is it? It's like, can you buy me an orc mask? What do you want? A battle axe. Uh, I'm gonna but a specific my... battle axe is custom made to my hand. And and I and I bought myself some IKEA furniture. Ooh. <laughs> and and a and a fuck ton of like makeup. And I'm assuming pens. You you, you are. You are you are assuming. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, this week we're doing a top five favourite horror movies of all time. I'll go first on this one because I'm joining in. Uh, making the top five is actually much harder than I anticipate because I have like ADHD, so I don't really focus on mm. specific things. D- do we put them in order or just a general? Type? I do uh, five to one, if possible. Oh, uh, oh, right, num- okay. I've got to number these now. Oh yeah. no, that's tough. This is the thing. I have like, but they're all so five. Good. I can think of straight away, and then I was like, okay, but I like this film and this film, and I completely forgot another set of films. I'm like, oh Christ, okay. So I've written this down about ten. Films and it got to 11, 12, and I have to cut it down to five. So I chiseled away, and I got the the films I can put on, which I enjoy every time that I can show to people and say, right, this is great film, you'll love it. And then they'll enjoy it. It won't be like the obscure ones, which I think need more exposure because the temptation is there to go, right, this film is really good and I want more people to see it, so I'm going to plug it. But no, I'm going with the basic bitch top five on this one. <gasps> oh. Okay, minus five. <laughs> I'm going with the, the very the, the the ones that everyone knows. There we go. Oh, my list, my list is well obscure. No one's going to heard of uh, any. Some of, of mine are a bit. So, <laughs> I mean, who's ever heard of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Massacre. So this uh, the first film on my list, number five, is one that's probably the most obscure. But it absolutely terrified me when I first saw it. And I didn't actually finish watching it the first time I saw it. And I didn't watch the whole mm. thing until many years later. Yeah. And when I watched it back, it, it wasn't as scary. 
mm-hmm. but it's on the list because it it absolutely scared the shit out of me to the point of I couldn't sleep that night. And I think it ruined horror films for me later in life because mm-hmm. I had it's it's one of the first scary things I ever watched. Mm-hmm. But it's lower than the list because it is one of those things you can watch now and go, this isn't scary at all. It's not very good even. Okay. I watched it last night and it still works. Um, and that film, it's a TV film on the BBC, 1992's Ghost Watch. Ah! I didn't know we were. I didn't know we were allowed to put Ghost Watch on the list. You said movies. <laughs> it's a TV movie. So, uh, funny I story. Think about this. And, and as you well know, I love Ghost Watch, and it is actually part of my Halloween tradition to watch Ghost Watch. And I still, I have my copy queued up on the computer, so I can watch it at any time. I love, I love Ghost Watch. So yes, 19, My uh, my mother was actually watching that in the hospital before I came kicking and screaming into the world. <laughs> Yes, oh, yes, you were born in the in the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety-two, in the spookiest of seasons. Yes. So, uh, Ghost Watch, yeah, and that's a very interesting one. Yeah, it's uh, Michael Parkinson, Sarah Green, Mike Smith, Craig Charles, and Craig Pipes. Charles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Craig Charles providing the levity of it, and like possibly the reason why you watched it because we're big Red Dwarf fans. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's uh, the. Dubious honour of being in the British Medical Journal as having caused post-traumatic stress disorder in children. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, well, I've got stories because don't forget, I was one. I was those. I was those children. Yeah, I was as well. Because yeah. the whole thing was it fit. It started, I think, five minutes before a film finished on ITV, maybe, mm. and people were turning over missing the titles of the show completely and i think we were one of those families that did that yeah so i think there was a film on we watched that and then turned it over and it was like michael parkinson was already on screen describing what was going to happen that night mm. so we completely missed the fact that it was a drama yeah so watching it you kind of go technically was it was it actually live at the time or was no. it like no live like pre-recorded but live it was pre-recorded well um, they had phone lines and the phone lines actually were real when yeah. they phoned them up and huh. they would like go, oh, no, the, the program is actually not real, but can you yeah. tell us your ghost story anyway? And they were like taking ghost stories throughout it. Because oh, the whole idea was to create a sequel and like add-ons to it. Mm. But because the reaction to it was so extreme and so controversial, so visceral, yeah. yeah, they never actually got to do any of it. And it was actually banned from being shown for, I think it was a decade before they released the DVD. Yeah. And it's never been repeated on TV at all. Have you read the sequel, by the way? I have not read the sequel, no. Okay, so it's a very short story, and it's basically them going back to the studio to a to the studio of um, where Michael Parkinson did his round the garden like a teddy bear speech, um, <laughs> and and yeah, I don't want to spoil it. It's a very short story, but it's an official sequel written by the original creator, uh, Stephen Volk. Yeah, Stephen Volk. It's yeah. on his. It was on his website. I don't know if it is anymore. Yeah, I think he probably still is. I mean, he's he's done quite a few short stories and stuff. Yeah, so um, th- there is an official sequel to uh, to Ghostwatch. But yeah, I love Ghostwatch. Um, How many times did you see Pipes <coughs> on the first first watch? I was too uh, out of my brains with fear. I was 10 years old. <laughs> I-, I was at a Halloween party when it happened. Oh, yikes. And all the parents were downstairs drinking and all the kids were up in the bedrooms Um and I believe the movie might have even been a Jaws movie. It might have been Jaws 2 or 3. Mm. And then it got switched over. And then there was just a group of kids, like 10, 11, sitting on a bed watching 
something they didn't know wasn't real. Everyone was screaming, loads of kids ran downstairs crying. I think I was scared. My big brother thought it was brilliant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I remember um, one of my mum was laughing about how her mum was was, was funny. And she was like, oh, so-and-so had to have their kid's door taken off because he wanted to be able to see them at all times. And now I got older, the the reason my mum was laughing is because it meant they couldn't have sex because the fucking doors were open. (laughs) So the kid could see them sleep asleep to make sure that he could get there. And the other other one I remember is they tortured some poor kid. I I was in Scouts briefly and I went on one of those like Scout camp trips and I just remember the, the bully kids um, were bullying another kid and they had like, um, they were going up to the tent with the, with, the, with the kid in it and they were banging their shoes on the tent and going, pipes, pipes. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that, that kid, yeah, I have, I, that, I think that kid was like, had a mental age problem or something, but he was absolutely terrified. Really, oh, kids, kid, kids, kids are horrible, aren't they? Kids can be not nice. Yeah. I am trying to (laughs) refrain from the the bad words. They're really mean, aren't they? Abby, say something about it. They're really mean. They're a bunch of. That's right. Me and Boo have both had one swearing already, so you're allowed one at least. Cunts. Not that one. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't swear. I don't know what you're talking about. You did. You said an F. I did. You did. I didn't. Maybe slurring like a drunk, I would say. <laughs> Living. Yeah, I remember going to school next day and it was like all over the place. That it wasn't real. So I think yeah. everyone was kind of more relaxed about it then. Um, so everyone was like just admitting how scared they were from it. But we were sort of saying about like someone committed suicide over it the day after. I remember really? this one was like. Yeah, yeah. But it, apparently, a couple of a couple of days after, um, someone committed suicide because they were um, had some sort of uh, schizophrenia. Oh God! And they bleed. It was a real show, and they actually hung themselves a couple of days afterwards. And they said in their suicide note about if ghosts are real, I'll be with you forever. And the, oh. their family put in complaints and sued or tried to in the BBC. I don't think they won the uh the thing wow. but yeah this is the way so such a contra- controversial show because it actually led to someone dying but we were sort of saying yeah. that the next day it's like oh this happened and this happened i think we turned off the tv and my parents were like no no this is too much when the girl started doing the voice behind the sofa yeah because mm. leading up to that it's like maybe 50 minutes to an hour where it's actually really sort of po-faced and very slow there's only one story in it leading, yeah. I think it's about 40 minutes in, it's Craig Charles is doing the jokey jokey bit. Mm. And he goes speaks to two women yeah, in sort of area. And it's like about how he's he's kind of happy and jokey. And then he speaks to his two women and they go, oh yeah, they, the kids found like a, a dead Labrador. Um, it was had his belly cut open. It was pregnant and like um, puppy oh, feces everywhere. And that point is like, that's the turning point for that show. Because up until then it's very clinical and, scientific and it is very slow i mean you could watch it now and be quite bored by it unless you know what's coming at the end of it yeah yeah when i show it to people i'm like just let it build just let it build just let it build (laughs) because i remember watching it with uh my partner and she's like this was um seven years ago and she'd never seen it i'm saying it's a really good show and she's kind of going all right it's not real and i'm like 
because I never said it was like a real thing or a fake thing. Mm. So, oh, yeah, it's not real. Well, you can obviously tell it isn't because she saw the opening titles. Yeah. And she's going, oh, this is not very good, not very good. And laughing at it, but then getting kind of creeped out by it. She's like, oh, it's actually a pretty good horror film. But then there's a bit where uh, Pipe's voice comes over the speakers and it takes over the audio. Mm. And we had a power cut in our house and the entire street went black. Oh, that's awful. And we were watching it on. <laughs> oh, no. We were that's watching amazing. it through my laptop, through the TV, because I don't think we could actually get the DVD to play. Yeah. And so that was still sort of half playing. So the voice is coming through the laptop, but the entire house is pitch black. And she just yeah. grabbed my arm and was like, no, no, what's happening? <laughs> I was like, oh, I need to check the fuses. It's like, no, no, not leaving me. You're not leaving me. I was like, right, I'm grabbing my phone, getting the torch out, and she's clinging to my arm as I'm checking the fuses on the house, and I was like, no, no there's no fuses gone. The entire street's pitch black, and we lived in a basement flat, so it was dark anyway. Oh, God. But it was like pitch black for a couple of seconds, and then the, I think some power come back, so things started coming back on. But the first thing that come back on was just clicking. It was like... It was pipes. That's all you could hear for like a minute. It was things fine. coming back on. It's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, that's right. It's just, it's just this. It's just making this noise, and it come back on. She's like, okay, that was quite good. And it's just the fact that the first time she watched it, that happened. It's that happened. Made it really special. Oh, that's why it's my number five because it's got that those memories attached to it. It's one of those things that doesn't work now, like um, uh-huh. Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. Watch that now. People are like, no, that is terrible. It's boring. There's nothing going mm. on during that. It, it and it is. But if you watched it when it first came out. Yeah, the entire internet thing with it. And I watched it like late at night on my own. Yeah. Pitch black, had a window open, so it was freezing cold in the house. And I was watching it in it my sister's house, uh, flat at the time. She also lived in the basement flat. Mm. And at some point during while I was watching it, she had to pass through the living room to get to the bathroom. And I saw someone walk past me, close the door, use the bathroom. And then they never come out. I said to her the next morning, I was like, did you use the bathroom? She went, no. Oh. It's one of those things. It's definitely my mind playing tricks on me. But it definitely made the film a lot more scarier. It's weird you say that. I was thinking about Blair Witch Project last night. Um, mm. I think it, I think it was, I, I do like a movie trivia thing on the odd occasion on my phone. And I think one of the answers was the Blair Witch Project. And I cast my mind back to when I went to see it um, at some late night cinema in London with a friend. Mm. And it was quite boring but yeah it was there was a spooky atmosphere when we came out like it's, the the film sort of followed us outside if you know what i mean yeah, yeah. but like it itself wasn't a great movie but yeah it's definitely atmospheric and it's and it was different at the time as well yeah. i can always i can always remember being in i i was in year four at the time so that tells you how long ago that was but um yeah there was this one kid in our year and he was he was uh i'd, I'd say he came from the uh a, tr- a troubled family let's let's put it that way they were very slack with his uh with raising him let's, let's put it that way and he was just going on about to all these little kids in year four about a Blair Witch Project and I'm just like that why are you watching that <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah this this same this same guy uh many years later went to, decided to have a check up on him see what he was up to in adulthood um big old Nazi tattoos. Yeah. Right. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Uh, Abby, you want to go first on this one? Um, 
yeah so it's like i didn't realize we had to do this in an order thing so i'm just gonna have to try and work it around but i have gone for the wait i've got it up on my phone here i've decided to go for the uh 1920 german expressionist film the cabinet of dr caligari by robert oh viner look at you i uh studied Spot it at the university student. Big old, yeah big old i was gonna say well what's what's what, what's wrong with like friday the 13th or something like that <laughs> never no, seen it gotta be the old cabinet of dr caligari I mean, the other ones I've got in the list are pretty obvious for me, so you know, I'll get I'll get the one that's a bit out, a bit um, different. Now, when you say obvious there. for you, do you mean looking down your nose? You're like, well, they're different for me. No, I'm joking. No, I mean like literally, you'll guess what the number one is. <laughs> as long as there's the old goth titties. As long as there's no more German expressionistic. Uh... <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm joking. Just that one. Pray continue. But yeah, no. Um, this is a film I studied at university because I did animation and a lot of uh, a lot of the seminars we did were on like early cinema and how that played into animation as an influence. And uh, we watched a load of old films like Metropolis, uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, things like that. So that was that was that was really good. I'm surprised Nosferatu isn't even on the list for me. But um, yeah, I just remember the first time I saw it, it was it was so visually weird because it obviously came from a background of like stage plays and uh, the fact that it was silent, everything had to be like overly exaggerated to convey a point. And it's where uh, your boy Tim Burton rips all of his um, doo-doo from, let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) I have opinions on that man, but that's a different time. I wouldn't say he's my boy. I would say he used to be. Tim Fun Burton. fact, yeah. first, first, one of the first films he ever worked on, Fox and the Hound. Mm. Yeah, figures. Figures, yeah. There's, there's footage of him working on it at Disney with the, uh, back in the day from a making of documentary and you can, you can see the other uh, people working there um, giving him jip. <laughs> Are they all normal looking? He's just in the corner like wearing all black, all his weird yeah, hair. Yeah, no, he's, literally, he's literally hunched over his desk being, <laughs> being, you know, like, like a little, little like a little, um, Rat. Hey, James, I need some spooky trees drawn. Oh, give them to Tim. Oh, give them to Tim. But yeah, no, I've, yeah, so, um, yeah, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, great, great film. It's uh, obviously the basis for Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl video. Uh, it's the story of Cesare the Somnambulist. It's basically a guy who sleepwalks. And uh, it, for some reason, that's a sideshow attraction. <laughs> Because back then, most things could be exactly, exactly, and it's um, yeah, the the main acts are in it. Um, oh my god, my brain's gone completely blank just then. It's the same guy that was in the Man Who Smiles. He's got a really bizarre name. I'm Klaus, gonna Google it. Klaus Nomi? No, Klaus Kinski? No, it's not Klaus Kinski. <laughs> it, it's it's it's. Wait, give me a second. Give me a second. It's Conrad Veet. That's the one. Conrad Veet. Yeah, he was in the. Um, he he was he was in that movie. It's um, very visually dramatic, and I think that's why I liked slash hated the Judderman. Yes, he's very so much. It's like it's basically <laughs> that. That's like the main visual influence for that film, and uh, it's you know it's one of the first ever movies to have a, like a real twist ending. Because I was in the middle of uh, I'd never seen it before at that time. We were watching it at university. Twist ending happens, and me in a theatre full of students who were on the film course and the animation course with Dead Silent. And I went, 
Oh, F off. (laughs) 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 And the woman running the lecture was like, I appreciate your figure, but can you sit down? (laughs) Bruce Willis turn up and he turns out he's dead. Don't ruin the movie for people, (laughs) Dee. But yeah, that was the um, end, and we'd like to apologise to everyone that hasn't seen The Sixth Sense yet. Yeah, it's that movie in which he's dead. <laughs> I thought it was Die Hard. Die Hard 6, I'm still writing it. It's about a man <laughs> who dies oh. hard. <laughs> well, apparently we all do, us men, uh, when we die. Boink. Um Anyway, so yeah, no, it's a it's it's a great film. Everyone should. Def- I'm pretty sure you're able to watch it on YouTube. I think it falls into the realms of uh, public, public domain. Domain. Yeah, must yeah. at this point. I yeah. So I I definitely say give it a watch. You'll watch it, and whether you actually enjoy the film or not, you'll be able to spot every single visual reference that's been used in stuff since. Like it's 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 super interesting. It's like the sort of eighties goth band aesthetic. Mm. Does it have like a specific soundtrack you're supposed to listen to it too? Because well, I know the they bit... change them around like Metropolis has several. Well, yeah, because there was infamously like Metropolis, I was going to have that as my number five, but technically it's not horror. So I was going to say it's more, more mm. sci-fi, isn't it? It's yeah. Well, it's, you do um, sci-fi horror. But it's got, it's got a bit of the old Satanism in it. I fucking like, oh, excuse me. I love that film. Oh. <laughs> now, go on, Doctor. Yeah. Oh, right. There's a, there's, a comp- there's a competition in this, so it's just us talking about movies. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, great film. Check it out. Big goth nice. times. Spooky. Boo. Number five. Uh, my number five is, like, this is probably one of them, I don't know if it's more obscure, but um, I've chosen five films that I just enjoyed or, like, have enjoyed as opposed to, like, the best of the best. Um, so my number five is a 1974 slasher horror film called Black Christmas uh, with Margot Ooh. Kidder. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Love this one. And John Saxon, of course, who is yeah. amazing. John Saxon's actually on like, I think at least two or three films on my list, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, basically there is um, it's a sorority house of girls and they keep getting these nasty prank phone calls Um sort of heavy breathing and then uh, one of the Margot Kidder of Superman fame takes the phone and is rather crude back and then he uh, the, the slasher starts threatening them and then it's uh, all, all hell breaks loose and everyone starts dying in horrible ways and it's got a really really creepy ending as well oh yeah like the final sh- the final few seconds you're like oh shit um actually that oh you take my take, take my words. No, no, it's because I'm. I, I, I tend to watch it every few years. I'm definitely going to be watching it again this Christmas. I'll dig out my copy. But yeah, I, I don't want to give too much away because it it, it it does have a really memorable ending. Uh, it's quite nasty. It's I don't know. It's got like a weird. It's it, it's got like a film that makes you. I don't know. It's got like a weird feeling to it. Like you know when it puts you in the right atmosphere. It's like a nasty atmosphere about it. But um, yeah, the phone calls aren't like direct they're kind of creepy and the way he talks on it yeah yeah and the ending i'm not going to spoil either because that, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. i watched um only a couple of years back mm. and yeah the ending was quite i didn't see that coming it's actually not a bad film and i don't know why it's not i mean it is talked about but like as mm. as a horror film it's considered it's one not. of the first slashes now isn't it it's like they say uh friday the 13th or halloween which one of them is considered though everyone says that's like the first big 
but Black Christmas was the one that kind of created that thing. But then there's one before that as well. If yeah, you're really pedantic I, about it. I think technically, yeah, wasn't Halloween first in the realms of like popularizing well, the slasher thing because I think they made what year did Halloween Friday thirteenth in wake of that maybe seventy eight. So Halloween came out in seventy eight. Black Christmas came out four years before that. Oh well, there you go. So so yeah, it could definitely be considered one of the earlier slashers but yeah that's number five on my list um not much to say if you haven't seen it but I'm, if you but i highly recommend it i'm just trying to think black christmas i don't know if i've seen that one but i saw one i'm gonna have to ask my mate what film it was but it was like a christmas horror film about a guy who works at a toy factory and he he has this like delusional thing where he has to dress up as santa every year and it, it sort of descends into this whole madness of him uh getting justice for naughty like against naughty people at Christmas who he considers like bad people and it gets just really like escalates and escalates and it's just like oh is this guy just delusional or is he actually oh sounds good. I oh, think no, it's it's really good. It sounds like something I've seen. Yeah I'm gonna have to ask my mate what it was but it was uh interesting let's put it that way. Was it Santa Claus the movie? <laughs> My my most used uh, gif nowadays is you know the bit in the Santa Claus where uh, the Santa Claus not Santa Claus the movie yeah, rather yeah. but uh, it's the bit where he suddenly goes from young to really old like that's my favorite gif for explaining anything nowadays. Okay, next on my list number four the the film that changed the genre really uh, Scream. Excellent. Nineteen ninety six Wes Craven. It took the idea of um, potentially a killer killing school kids in horrific mm. ways added the meta spin to it which is a horror film that exists in the world of a horror movie because if you think about it in zombie movies people don't know what's happening therefore zombie movies don't exist in zombie movies right so in that world there either is no horror films or movies don't exist at all what <laughs> In zombie films, like The Walking Dead, yeah. people are like, what are these things? Yeah, the yeah, walkers, yeah, yeah. They don't call They're coming zombies. back to life. What could it be? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. This, Therefore, this zombie movies don't die. exist. <laughs> yeah, zombie movies don't exist in zombie movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it like takes that idea of zombie movies, ex- uh, horror movies exist, so they know what to look for in terms of the cliches and s- stories and what they're after. Yeah. Like, So that takes that metaphysical idea. And it shook, shook up like the whole horror genre because mm-hmm. it's all the old tricks they used to do in horror films and gave a, a spin on them or they just, they just played them out as they were, but added like an extra twist on them. And it made like horror have to think a bit harder at what it was doing. So the whole slasher and horror film genre at that time, I'm probably sort of going to have people say, yeah, oh, but what about this film? And what about this film? But it, for me, in terms of mainstream, it's changed horror. Up until then, it was getting pretty repetitive and what was going on. So, yeah, Scream, one of the films I didn't see in the cinema, but I ended up uh, bought like a big box VHS for like 20 quid, mm. which is a big thing back then. Quite, that's like a million pounds back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, exchange from the 97, I think it was, I bought it. Yeah, something about yeah. 40 quid. Yeah, freaky. That, that just, oh God, that makes me think of uh, the other day. Me and my dad went into this department store wait to meet up with someone. 
and out of curiosity, you know, going back to my childhood nostalgia, I had to went to have a look at the Lego section, which I thought was like, oh, it's it's kind of pricey, but whatever. When I was a kid, but looking at the price of just a small Lego set now, that makes me feel it's crazy, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's mm. abhorrent. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a really expensive. I I I've bought a few Lego sets in the last few years because I didn't have mm. them as a kid. Yeah, and they are surprisingly expensive. I yeah. can remember when I was at university, one of my flatmates with his student loan bought the Lego Death Star at like initial release price, and we were all looking at him like, "Yeah, that's are true. you mad? Do you want yeah. to eat?" <laughs> are we talking like is it what like three hundred and fifty quid? It was it was something like that, yeah. And I think yeah. we we all collectively as a flat spent ages putting it together with him. It was really great. We made all the Lego men do you know rude positions with each other yeah, it was hilarious you know change it up a bit but uh there was the day we were all sat around in the common room at our student flat and uh, somebody accidentally knocked the table and it slowly rolled off and that was like real life slow motion in action it was it was sort of oh it was the most it's like that bit on the simpsons you can pinpoint the exact moment his heart breaks right here <laughs> exactly like that surely he has the joy of putting it back together again Nobody keeps the uh, nobody keeps the, the instructions in a place where they can find them readily. So it was a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> He's not a real collector, then, is he? Mm. But yeah, that was my number four. Scream. Excellent. Never uh, seen it all the way through. Really? Never all the way through. I've only ever caught it from a funny point in the film, and then I thought, oh, better better not. But um, it was the uh, for the love of horror convention. Um, I think it was in Manchester this year. It was literally last weekend. And a couple of mates of mine, most of the cast of Scream was there. And a couple of mates of mine met Matthew Lillard, which was amazing because like one of my friends went dressed as Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. So it was it was great. He got him to do like the ultimate Shaggy pose and everything. (laughs) (laughs) We watched them all recently, like all in a row, the Mm. series. And yeah, they they still hold up. Scream one, the first one's really good. Second one's pretty good. Third one, not so much. Did they just get more unnecessary? As the they third went? one got to the point where it was pretty much a scary movie. Isn't the third yeah. one isn't the one with Jay and Silent Bob in it? Yeah, just what? randomly turning up in it. <clears throat> yeah. They actually turn up in the film Jay and Silent Bob just outside a Hollywood guide thing because I think Wes Craven was in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Oh, uh, right. Like right. a trade-off. Yeah. Plus Courtney yeah. Cox's fringe. <laughs> yeah that's but then, fringe yeah but then was it four it's a newer one that's that's pretty good mm. and a, you know there's yeah. a new one yeah, yeah I'm, this week again it's it's the remakes and rehashes pretty much i'm not mm. too yeah. big on but make I'll give it a go. hollywood yeah but then there's a tv show i've not watched which ran for like four seasons there's a Scream TV show? I'm so out of the loop. Yeah, Scream TV show run for three seasons. Wow. Executive producers Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that's the real. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Wes Craven was on seasons one to three, executive mm. producing. I never watched it. It was MTV Productions, though, so mm. could go either way. So, Abby, number four. Okay. Uh, a bit of a toss-up for number four and number three, but... 
Number four for me is one that my ex-partner introduced me to because uh, he has the most exquisite collection of horror Blu-rays. Like, literally, he, he has, like, basically the entire Arrow collection. Like, he's re- he really knows his stuff. But, um, yeah, mine is the 1980s comedian supernatural horror film The Changeling, starring uh, George C. Scott, which is... Oh my god! If you've never seen it, it is it is glorious. It plays out like a King Diamond concept album. It's wonderful. It basically uh, stars a guy, uh, the main character who is George C. Scott. Uh, his wife and child pass away in a car accident, and amidst all of his grief, he moves into this huge mansion that uh, you know he was supposed to move in with them. You know, needs must goes ahead with that, and then you know the, it's the same thing. Move into a into a mansion. A few odd scary things happen. Uh, he starts um, he starts getting a few people in to have a look and um, there's a moment where he realizes oh there's a ghost of a small child haunting 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 the building and uh, you know one of the big sort of lines in it when they get uh, like a seance thing going on is uh, how did you die Joseph did you die in this house why do you remain and it's uh, it is really it is really good uh, as a psychological thriller as well because it does um it does have a lot of character building in it and it's i love films that have that that filmed you know on actual film real kind of texture to it like i think there's a lot of missing films nowadays like it just has that real nice nostalgic feel to it but it is just a really like it has a really good build-up in this film and for the time it came out because it was filmed in like the sort of very late 70s and only released in the 80s but for the time like the effects that are in it are surprisingly very good and this i'm not going to give any of it away because i i encourage anybody to go watch it but like yeah just the sort of crescendo at the end is actually amazing like i i had a bit of a jaw drop i was just like oh i remember amazing. the ending being quite nuts like i i met yeah yeah so you've you've yeah it's it's the sort of build up just before the actual ending that's like the most like whoa like yeah i, I remember seeing the trailer years ago on, the, mm. on like late night bbc yeah and like yeah I, as soon as you said it, i was like is that the one with the really kind of is there like a yeah. fire at the end yeah that mm. one yeah. yeah 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 so yeah it's, yeah a lot of uh sort of it's 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 the sort of side plot to it which ends up being the main plot that builds up with the sort of uh yeah, 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 a lot of yeah. um, what's what's uh, shady shady dealings mm. culminating in a <gasps> like that. It's it's honestly, I completely recommend it. I'm not very good at elaborating on it without giving anything yeah, really important about the film away. You just need to watch it. It's one of those sort of movies where you can't say too much because yeah, that's exactly it. But yeah, it's uh, and plus the poster for it is absolutely wonderful. It is one with the again, wheelchair. It gives, yeah, it's the one with the, the wheelchair shadow. and like the shadow stretching out behind it, which I tried drawing once. Um, yeah, just everybody, everybody needs to watch it. It guaranteed you will like something about it. I don't think my mother would enjoy it though. The changeling mother. What Norwegian one? Where there was a girl. Right. No, the one where a, where a brother passes away and she becomes the metalhead. Yeah, that one. That's uh, that's called Malma House. Speaking of which, off to where uh, IKEA next week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> Malma House is a is a um, set of shelves. No, that's literally the name of the thing I'm picking up. Is Malm. 
Maoram, what the, the fruit sweet? Maoram, no, it's not. <laughs> That's definitely not what I said. <laughs> anyway. Let's see what my mind's at. I want Maoram now. <laughs> there's a there's a shop um in a place near me that has uh, you know the big long tubes of it where you just click the tap and you try to f- you, you can just fill up a tube with whatever amount of mawam you want and a friend of mine did stick their face underneath it and just click the tube open once which was uh pretty scandalous i i do say the the fact that he got away with it as well <laughs> shocking was <laughs> it even weigh him <laughs> weigh them before you have anything- and weigh them afterwards do you have anything in your mouth? And he just opens his mouth. No. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. Boo. Put that into a bag. Oh, God. <laughs> That's great. You want, you, you, want, you want to know my number four? Get ready. Get ready to fall into everybody's list territory as my number four. Okay is a little-known film called Evil Dead 2. Um, uh, it's very it's very obscure. <laughs> um, I used to watch that as, when I was about four or five years old because my older brothers would have it on, and I used to find it really funny. don't think Mum approved of that, though. <laughs> this is the, you've just hit the nail on the head for me. The thing yeah. about Evil Dead 2 is it is funny. It is really there funny. Bit, there are bits in it that still make me laugh. The bit where he's going crazy, with the bit where Ash goes completely crazy in the room, and the wall, the the the, the deer head on the wall is laughing at him. Yeah. Everything's laughing at him, and he starts doing the little crazy dance. But no, I love Evil Dead Two. Um, most people prefer the original. I I mm. actually think Evil Dead Two is a better film. Out yeah. of the out of the three, it's my favorite. I was going to choose Army of Darkness, but that's in my opinion, that's more of an adventure film than a horror. Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. prefer the first Evil Dead to number two. Mm. But mm. number two, yeah, two's good. I mean, it, the, it's more comedy yeah, leaning, definitely. so I guess that's more of an easier way into it. Yeah. I mean, the first For one me, is just a little bit more nasty with mm. the slight mm. comedy they have with it. Yeah. Because the first one is kind of funny as well. But Have you guys yeah, seen definitely. the uh, TV series? I've not no, no. Not, not yet. It's honestly, it's so good. It is yeah, just unashamedly Bruce Campbell being Bruce Campbell, and it's wonderful. It's it's really meta. It sort of comments on itself as well, which is which I find really good. Problem is, Abby, isn't the hero a woman? And everyone knows, like, uh, anyway. No, <laughs> no, no I've I mean, heard, the I've, remake of Evil Dead, like things. the film as well, is pretty good. Oh yeah, I've, I saw that in cinemas. It was fine. It wasn't really yeah. necessary. That's the thing is the ending, like the bonus bit at the end is like, okay. So, so oh, yeah. I'd, I'd already walked out of the cinema to go to the bathroom at that bit. So when my mates came out like, oh, Abby, you missed a bit. And I was like, great. Awesome. <laughs> I, I stuck around the whole film and didn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, my, my, my number four is, is an obvious, is the obvious evil dead too. But um, it just is a film that I enjoy. I, I go back to every few years. Mm. I bought the Blu-ray and I was so disappointed because basically what they'd done is they transferred the, the DVD onto the Blu-ray. There's like no special features and it just it just oh, looked man. terrible. I, I think there's a better version now, but like this is when Blu-rays first came out. Yeah, that's the thing with, um, as Abby was saying, the Arrow collection with the Changeling, talking about mm. the film effect of it. When yeah. they do that remastering of stuff, they really bring the film grain out. And it becomes yeah. part of the film. So yeah. when they, they, the newer films are like remastering stuff. So if you see it at Blu-rays now, they probably have like Evil Dead 2 properly remastered and you see all the everything like really in detail. Mm. But yeah, the DVD transfer, the um, Blu-rays, 
yeah, yeah. Got to keep an eye out for them. Yeah. There are websites which you can go to which are super nerdy, but <laughs> there's, there's sometimes worth it. Yeah. I've got I've got uh, one friend and his like him and his partner their thing is going to all the horror events like internationally things like that like they, mm. they they go to so many of the ones in America sort of around Universal around Halloween time that they're on first name basis with Bruce Campbell now which is pretty fucking cool and, like they literally refer to him and Sam Raimi as oh ah ah Bruce and ah Sam like that and they're just hanging out having pints with them. Hey, Bruce and ah Sam. And I was <laughs> and once he was just like oh R L Vira and I was like oh don't you don't you even and like that and they're like practically busy mates with um, Feyre's the bulk as well. It was in the craft, which is just like everybody's goth envy. <laughs> Is that anyone's list the craft? You know what? I don't. I like. It's. I didn't really think it was technically counted as much as a, as a horror, even though I watched it the other day with a friend of mine because they'd never seen it before. But um, yeah, the yeah. sound mixing on that movie is horrendous. The music's <laughs> too loud and the speech is too quiet. <laughs> is the craft like um one of those films which you need to be part of the scene at the time to really appreciate? Because I know oh, the crow no. comes under that as well. But if you watch The Crow now, it's like, it's, it's kind of miserable. But everyone who watched it when it came out was yeah. in love with the film. That doesn't even count as, well, that doesn't really count as a horror, um, so that's not on my list. But no. yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Like, it, it's, again, dumpster fire of a movie, but Queen of the Damned mm. is, it's very, for the kind of people that are into that kind of, like, music and general horror stuff. I have only watched that once. I think <gasps> that was... The night I got, um, it was when I was wrestling and got a massive concussion and my head oh, split open. Yeah. So I was like quite out of it and they put it on. I was like, okay. It's yeah, garbage and rice movie. But, you know, if you watch it by itself as just like a vampire movie of that era, it's perfectly fine. And the soundtrack really is like mm, amazing. John Davis. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis from Corn, but like for the actual soundtrack CD that they released, uh, it was something to do with copyright. They couldn't use the tracks that he specifically recorded, so they just got a bunch of new metal musicians from the time to record them as well. So you had like Marilyn Manson on there, you had uh, Wayne Static from Static X, uh, Jay Gordon from Orgy, like all that kind of thing, and Chester Bennington from Linkin Park, like all, all those kind of things singing over it. So it's very of its time, I would say. I'm very never been able to sit all the way through queen of the dam dreadful hey can we you know rest in peace Aaliyah. what what a woman what a and woman. wayne static and wayne Sta Bennington. oh 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 so not so much dead. marilyn manson yeah no i mean he may as well be yeah <laughs> i was never in That's i was good. never into his music i always found him a bit um pretentious not sad is his recent album i listened to and it's like it's actually really good and then a few weeks later the allegations come out it's like oh, oh right. yeah mm, mm. wrong and okay. next on the list so we're doing a tradition of like ending everything with someone who's cancelled brownie manson <laughs> <laughs> this is true this is true we need it we need a list stop that like, trope like, like a ding <laughs> <laughs> number three for me uh one that Probably is on someone else's list. John mm. Carpenter's 1982, The Thing. You know what? Surprisingly not. Surprisingly really? Not. not on my list. I can, I, can I just like jump in real quick and say John Carpenter playing his theme tunes live is easily one of the best gigs I've ever been to. 
easily one of the best gigs I've been to. He just like looked like he was having a great time the whole time. Yeah, he's having a ball now. He's not making films. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's great. I think the best part of that was when um, they started playing the theme tune from They Live, and then they st- he sort of looked at the band and he got them to stop, and they all simultaneously, absolutely in unison, leaned down, put the glasses on, and then carried on. It was so funny. Oh, it was so good. I need to see him if he comes over again. Oh, you definitely do. Definitely. But yeah, the thing, uh, workers stranded in an Arctic research facility, get an alien visiting them. Mm. And it, it's essentially alien, but so I don't know if it's it better than alien. Yeah. I mean, the effects are definitely more oh, God, the gritty and realistic. It's That's the thing. I think that film is really testament to how practical physical effects just have that way more. Even if some of them look a bit, you know, questionable by today's standards. It's just got that really tangible element to it where, you, like, even though it's obviously a film, you're just like, oh, but I can imagine that actually happening. Instead, because hmm. a lot of CGI just detaches you from it, really. Yeah. But it's one of the things is like practical effects really hold up in it. I think the ending's mm-hmm. a bit, there's a bit of stop motion in it, which is a bit ropey, but yeah. at the same time. It's the scene with the dog just. Oh, yeah. Oh. A certain scene, you're like, I don't know how they did that, and then you watch yeah, the making of it. Like... Completely, it's a consistent loop of things changing from yeah. one thing to another. Like, how much would it have cost to just run that once? Mm. There's a bit where everything sort of shoots out of something. Can you go? How do you do that? Mm. Or they just run it in reverse. So simple, and I'm like, how? <sighs> yeah. Well, it's like the famous sort of, you know, clip of Nosferatu rising up out of his coffin. Like that's again, it's filmed in reverse. It's just a camera trick. Just a bloke falling on a bit of wood. Like my my brother, my brother jokes once he was like, "Yeah, um, at my funeral, you have you have complete permission to do that with my coffin, so I can mess with people." I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Pull a string and suddenly you can shoot up. <laughs> yeah, it's just but I literally have his hands like this, like do <laughs> a glitter bomb with confetti as well. Oh no! Oh, I might Cover do that the at mine. I might I might request that at mine just to really mess with people because everyone knows how much I hate glitter. Hate. <laughs> Visceral hatred. That's a minus five hatred for glitter. You know what? It's warranted. I don't even care. <laughs> Tell the oh, yeah. cool student there. Positivity. Have I mentioned how I love every movie on these lists? Yeah, but the thing is, um, it's got themes of isolation, paranoia. Mm. As the people in it aren't heroes, and you can tell that they don't particularly care about like everyone else yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's kind of they need to get along because they have to mm. yeah it's like if i have to kill you i'm gonna kill you and there's like there's no hesitation in doing it mm. and like, the environment they're in as well is like quite unique it's all, you see horror films and it's always the final girl and mm. a lot of the slashes are kind of the traditional girl getting killed in shower and scantily clad women everywhere kind of thing in the horror that, kill during sexual that, escapade. Yeah. That's exactly it. That kind of leads on to what my number three is, but we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll but it, to that. it's like teenagers in general, most horror films, and this one's complete opposite. It's just guys in, in middle of nowhere, you know, Wilfred Brimley. Oh, Wilfred Brimley. There's that scene with him, and he's like isolating. They go look out, and they see the little hatch, and he's got like the rope and the noose there, and it's like, it's never fully explained, is it? Yeah. Like, yeah, hmm? yeah. But yeah, and the ending as well completely left open to interpretation. Like, is one of them the thing? Well, that's the, that's the thing. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, like, I think with a lot of modern and just generally in Western horror movies, there always has to be some sort of, you know, Ooh, especially today to... with 
explanations and backstory. Yeah, like over explanation just really like kills it for me. I think that's what I like about Japanese and Korean horrors in general is that they, they have that whole concept of there is no reason. There is no reason. It's just here. Or like they don't explain anything. Like it just is. Yeah. And well, this is a few podcasts where... about film reviews yeah. nowadays and they're like oh i really like the character i like to them explained and then they make a film of that person's backstory, backstory it's, like it's, Cruella and, and the disney thing at the moment of uh, telling the backstories of the villains yeah. and why they're bad it's like we well, don't need to know that just you don't need to know that we like yeah. them anyway it's like i want to say i don't like if they make one of ursula from uh little mermaid and they're doing willy wonka now aren't they oh why though dark gritty upbringing of willy wonka that, I mean, that Johnny Depp Willy Wonka movie was just. Ugh. Yeah. Negative Again, thoughts. we all know my thoughts. Warranted. On, you know what? Warranted. Tim Burton. Um, there are be- there are better there are better directors. Put it that way. <laughs> Doesn't even design a lot of his own characters for movies. Uh, he hires people in for that. The Spice. Anyway. <laughs> okay, Abby, number three. So number three for me is uh, actually ties into the whole commentary on the trope of, you know, the girl left at the end. This is uh, behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Hey, we yeah, did we did this, didn't we, Dean? For one yeah, years ago. I love it. It's oh, it was my uh, yeah, my other half introduced it to me because I'd never heard of it before, and we watched it when I went over to visit him. And like, I've never like I like mockumentaries at the best of times like they're one of my sort of favorite genres of film but the fact that this just really puts that comedic spin on the slasher genre like him like having to do his cardio workout where he's just like you know it takes a lot of cardio and stamina to look like you're walking but actually be running after people it takes a lot but basically (laughs) the story of it is it's a it's a film crew that are making a documentary on slashers but within the universe of the film like it's it's a weird one. It's like all the other slashers exist in this universe. Like, and they're in, they go to interview this guy called Leslie Vernon, who is like a local slasher, and it comes with some level of backstory to it, which I won't again elaborate on too much because it'll ruin aspects of the film. But basically, uh, they interview this guy who's a slasher and sort of go through his routines and the tradition, the traditions that come with being a slasher. And you meet like friends of his who have done it, and they talk about like. Oh, Freddie was doing some phenomenal work, and Jason. Oh, Jason. Jason had some fun ideas and things like that. And as the film goes on, you see, like, you see this film crew sort of get entangled into his stuff, and they get really invested in what he's doing. All build it, all building up to like, you know, the night where again the teenagers sort of turn up to a house in the middle of nowhere, and it's 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 from a behind the scenes aspect of that. But there's there's the way uh, the story plays at the end after everything in the film beforehand, it's just absolutely, it's fantastic. And the actor in it, like he hasn't been in much either side of it, but like d- damn shame. He's a really like genuinely funny actor. Yeah. They were looking to make a sequel to that. We did look this up when we reviewed it yeah. years ago. They kickstarted it, but it never got the money. Yeah, which is plus, really weird considering it's like a big cult thing at the moment. Everyone loves well, it. That has that's seen that's it. the thing. I think I saw an interview as well where the director and the main actor in it were saying that um, as much as they really want to make it now anyway, and it would have been a commentary on horror tropes that are current, it's, it'll go out of date so quickly. And I think that was one worry that they had. Mm. 
Yeah. It's also, really also, I think I won uh, Christmas present buying last year because, uh, again, I, I say my other half introduced me to the film. I managed to get him an officially licensed Leslie Vernon mask. <laughs> and he was not expecting that at all. And he sent me a picture of him wearing it on Christmas Day like, y'all, I'm sorted for life now. <laughs> and he got me an air fryer. So we both win. I remember mentioning this to someone and said it um, the title incorrectly. And I said the behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Joseph. That's for you, Jay. <laughs> and also, uh, it's yeah. it, it's got Zelda Rubenstein in it, who Harry is that thinks should play me in, uh, in, <laughs> yes, in the biopic. Uh, it's, Kane again, Hodder it's as the well. Fact, yeah, yeah, Kane Hodder's Abby. in it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. That is my uh, my friend met him at the Horrorcon the other day, actually, and he said you have the best Jason outfit I've seen all day, which was great. Because he did have a legitimately really good one. I'm glad that's the way that that sentence went. Because I was like, oh no, another friend of mine. She like she really loves uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies, and she does like horror special effects makeup for films and things like that. And she got to meet Kane Hodder, and he was like, okay, do you want like a hug photo or a choky photo? And she sort of she sort of looks and she went, can I have the choky one, please? <laughs> <laughs> and you can see how chuffed her face is in this photo. It's brilliant. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's definitely, if you like uh, clever commentaries on the horror genre, definitely check out Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's, yeah, it's absolutely That's so good. It's a good one. It's a good movie. Highly recommended. Don't steal our shit. <laughs> oh, damn, I swore. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen. Ooh, your number three. Get into your favourite number. Thing is, if people listen to the shows enough, they'll know what my favourite movies are. So number three, no surprises, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But which one is it, Dean? Which one is it, Abby? Which one is it? I don't know. I've never Num- seen any f- of them. Three? Absolutely, it's number three because it's ah. the best one, and I've said it a thousand times on air. It's the best one. It's the best one. It's got the best characters. It's got the best kills. It's got the best bit of storytelling. It's got the return of Nancy. It's the best one, and I will I will defy anyone that says otherwise. It's got the best pacing. It's got the most memorable kills. It's got Freddy with doing his classic lines. It's literally for me the best Nightmare on Elm Street movie. There was never a better one after three. What Everyone... did uh, What did you make of the sort of sequels that came out, a la Freddy versus Jason, everything like that? Like, because I've never seen like either of them. I've only seen a bit of. Friday the 13th. I've never seen any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which is a shock to everybody. But uh, you've never seen a Nightmare on never, Elm Street movie. Never, never. I've not, I've never watched a Chucky movie either. Start and you know why? I've never watched Child's Play because I don't particularly care for ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> he's not a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, he looks enough like one. No, he's a doll. And he looks a good boy. It's the clacking mouth. It's the clacking mouth. It is sent he, by the devil. He's a good guy. <laughs> Um, I got traumatised at a car boot sale once because I saw some guy walking past with one and I looked away from him because if I went past it, it wouldn't hurt me. And then I turned around and he was clacking it in my face. I almost had a panic attack and my mum had to go at him. <laughs> I was about 13. <laughs> anyway, Freddie. It's the best one, Abby. Uh I, I've I seen will, ones I will after because we did like the um, Nightmare on Elm Street series and we did Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street I preferred number two 
to number hmm. three and number one. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. The really, really homoerotic one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Freddy is scarier in that. I think the other ones, he's he's the character. Like you say, number three, he's probably the, the most Freddy-ish. in character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And number two is like a, a complete departure to that because they had different makeup, different music, different feel. And he looks scary in that one. That the makeup was completely different. He actually looked like a Burns victim, and the other ones he's kind of yeah. He has a, a certain look. He's not as bad as the new remake with Haley Joe. Yeah, that whatever guy. his face is. I can't remember. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. No, not Haley no. Joel Osment. <laughs> Joel. Oh, yeah, the, similar the guy, name. Yeah. The guy, the guy from Watchmen and Dollman. Um. <laughs> which uh, the only guy yeah. I remember from Watchmen is uh, again. That's one I've not seen all the way through, but. You know, naked floaty blue guy. <laughs> oh, big, oh, big ding dong, uh, Doctor Manhattan. Oh, also Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in it. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> he's not good in that movie. I'm very aware. <laughs> he's not bad in it. it, it he's, I mean, not on, he's not on screen enough, really, to make it an issue. Oh, okay. But he's he's a nasty piece of work in the book. I I, I do remember the movie, but mm. I've read Watchmen many times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the um the new one, he's the special effects for the face made him look like a baked potato. Yeah, it oh, was crap. No. We didn't make it. We didn't make it halfway half halfway into the movie. It was just dreadful. Is it really that? But it's it's. I hate that. Like, it so- had a really good idea where it was like Freddie was framed by the parents, which is why. Oh. He was coming back, and that was the idea yeah. I thought they were going with. But in the end, it turns out now he's just he's just a nonce. He's just a nonce. No, I, was, I knew I was, I was aware of the nonce part. But the whole thing they're leading up to is like maybe maybe he was innocent, and you're like, okay, that's an idea. And then they switched in like, no, no, he's a nonce. But the nonce, <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a he's a nasty Peter Finn. Jackie Earl Haley, that's the one. Yeah. Jackie Earl Haley from Dolphin. Right. right. Yeah, but I, I prefer number two over number three. Number three is definitely the one that's the crowd pleaser. It's got the you say all the lines the the comedy element to it, the kills and the music with Doc. Which is, which, oh, I was going to say, Dream Warrior. Yes, that was better Dokken. than the Fat Boys. Doken. Yeah, Doken. That's it. And there's nothing wrong with the Fat Boys and the Freddy rap. That's a, <laughs> that's a, that's oh, a, that's oh a, that's no. A great, that's a great video. Have you ever seen the video? No. I probably have, yeah. It's a great video. It's probably oh, got Lord. Freddy in it and everything. And they're running around the house being scared. And then the new one, or the, not the new one, the um, Freddy vs. Jason film is a laugh, but it's not great. Mm. It's definitely one you got to watch with friends. Yeah. Because me and Jay saw it in the cinema. There's about yeah, eight Harry, people in me there. Me and Harry did. Yeah. Me and Harry did, went in there. There was no one there either. <laughs> did you cheer when the one from Destiny's Child got killed? Yes! We all did! <laughs> oh, that's, that's so weird. That's, that's so funny. We did. <laughs> I was about to say that. Like, you, you, you cheered. Because she, doesn't she call him a very She drops the F-bomb on him, the bad she one. She does. She oh, calls him, mm-mm, mm-mm. Abby, she calls him a bundle of sticks. Oh, that is, what? You mean like a meatball from Ikea? Absolutely. Unacceptable. Yeah. We do not we, we do not have such language in this house. No, but yeah, she drops that and starts doing the whole cliche character and then she's doing it to Freddie. 
I, it's the greatest thing is he just looks at her and sort of tells her to turn around. She turns around and Jason just puts a machete that's through right. her. Yeah. And it's like, that's great. And everyone just, we just, just cheered. Yeah. Everyone who's in the cinema was kind of disgusted at us, all four of them. <laughs> no, no. All four every, of them. Literally everyone, it was, it was practically empty, but everyone cheered when she died. <laughs> that's... It's not. Yeah. No, she plays like a dickheadish character. Anyway, oh well, that's bit, all right then. But then she tries to get all big on Freddy Krueger, and you're just like, "Is this? Is this woman serious?" And then like, <laughs> it's the surprise kill, and everyone was like, hey! <laughs> "Send that to Beyonce." <laughs> so you're done with number three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she hasn't seen it. We discussed it. Although I must say, it's a very controversial position to put yourself in where you say mm. you prefer number two to number three because most people well, no, I, in Elm Street, they go watch number one then mm. three mm. they almost everyone skips yeah. number two it well, is it, very homoerotic Abby like mm. it's the lead actor was very, there wasn't he ve- and Freddie literally comes out of a closet at one point I think oh no oh, amazing no, he, he comes out of <laughs> That's actually brilliant. Uh, well, it's it's like um, it's not one of the horror movies on my list, but I prefer Ghoulies Two to the first one. Is and we one do one not speak about circus? Ghoulies Go to College. Wait, is Ghoulies Two the one in the circus? Yeah, yeah, it's one in the yeah, 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 that's really good. It's that's really it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Wasp does the soundtrack, so that's immediate jump up for me. But uh, yeah, I um, I can show you guys how much I enjoy that film because. She's gonna pull out one. She's gonna put her ghoulies out on camera. Oh, my ghoulie so is on the camera. Look at it. Look at that. Look at the little head on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, decent, good. decent film. I like it. I like the um I like the puppetry in it. It's cheesy, but it's funny. It's like my uh one, one of my friends, uh, I think he's actually got it now, but he found somewhere where you can get a giant like reprint of the film poster where it's the ghoulie sticking out of the toilet and he's putting it in the downstairs toilet in his house. That's great. It's fantastic. Um, there's, a book that, there's a book that came out last year, which is like all of the puppets uh, or behind the scenes of all the ghoulies movies. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I was looking for a, an e-book version of it, but it's it's very hard to find. Well, yeah, I can imagine the book itself is quite, um, you know. Yeah. I've never actually seen the Ghoulies movie. You've never seen the Ghoulies movie? You've never seen them. They're they're okay. You just have to miss Ghoulies Go to College because it's time that you'll never get back. It was tedious, but I have one (laughs) horror movie, air quotes, that I consider way worse, but we will have to talk about that another day. See, told you it was a long show. We're only halfway there. So maybe take this time to go outside, stretch your legs, make a cup of tea, have a cigarette, walk the dog, or have a wee. There's a promo from one of our podcasting friends in the meantime, just to bookmark this spot. Maybe come back to the show at a later date. Or maybe you're one of those psychopaths who actually like listening to us talk about our five favorite horror movies. Either way, see you on the other side. In a world where knowledge is king, two men will strive to... (coughs) Oh, sorry about that. We're 100 Things We Learned From Film, the podcast that takes a different subject movie each week and tries to learn 100 things. Hence the funny title. I'm Mark. And I'm John. And my favourite thing I've learned so far is that chickens have pea crystals. What's yours? 
<laughs> Quite. Do you know the mosquito in the original Jurassic Park is the only type of mosquito that doesn't actually suck blood? So in this case, no blood, no dinosaurs, no film. So that's us, 100 Things We've Learned From Film. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. Okay, on to everyone's favourite number. Number two. Number two. Number two. Uh, it's actually my hardest choice in this list because there's like another film in the series I would have put on, like in the top five, but I didn't want to put two in as the same series, same director. Mm-hmm. And the other one was like my favourite for years. But this one has kind of taken over recently. Is that George Romero's Day of the Dead? Nice. Nice. Which I put above Dawn of the Dead now because I don't know why it just it resonates with me more because it's more like low key and mm. downbeat and it has that whole um, it's like nihilistic viewpoint from it where it's like the world is at an end and they're slowly realizing this or they know it and they don't want to accept it. Yeah. But then you have the the scene, sort of favorite scene, and it's no zombies and no gore. It's just the um, the pilots take the woman like down to the salt mines they visit their little area where it's like they've all done it up with like lights christmas lights and having a drink and it explains how they're in the salt mines and that that with all the information the entire world has ever gathered and it's completely pointless Mm. and they should just sort of go off find an island just relax like because humanity's at an end and that being i just love that scene Mm. it's a really downbeat film though but it's now George. It's yeah, I always George get Romero the. his favorite. So. Yeah, I always manage to get the titles of those films mixed up. I always forget which which is like it makes sense because obviously night, dawn, day. Mm. But yeah, I it, it, goes, um, it goes house, shopping mall, military underground complex. bunker. Yeah, and then yeah. and then there's the other one which is it's fine. I guess. Oh, the free <laughs> city. Yes. Land, land, land. Yeah. Diary. And although I gotta say, I gotta say, uh, the big daddy zombie in Land of the Dead is <laughs> class. He's a great zombie. But um, yeah, Land of the Dead is what Day of the Dead could have been because apparently yeah. a lot of the stuff that went into Land of the Dead he planned for Day of the Dead, mm. and it's like him getting a budget is not the right thing because he works better with a lower and budget. budget. Apparently, well, Day of the Dead, it was he was offered a seven million pound film. If he could deliver an R-rated film, Mm-mm-mm. but he said yeah. he couldn't do that, so they gave him three point five million for an X-raid, which is well, why they end up with the people they have as like actors who are not that great, mm. like stage actors. So isn't there that um, remake of Is It Dawn of the Dead, uh, the modern one where it's in the shopping center and it's got the guy from Modern Families in it and he plays a real jerk. In 2004, Dawn of the Dead. Zack yeah, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. yeah Which isn't yeah. bad. I'm not, I'm not going to knock that one. I don't it's mind necessary. it. Yeah. It would have been Again, better I think that's my biggest Dawn criticism with a lot of these films is just that they're not necessary. They're fine. Don't yeah. need to be done. Like my view on Toy Story 4, it was fine. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really necessary. That ruined the greatest trilogy of films ever. Well, that's no, that's 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 a fair point. That's a fair point to make. Yeah, because you had like three amazing films, and then the, and the ending like, of mm. number three, I bawled my eyes out. It made me feel guilty about putting my old like childhood toys in storage. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, the bit what where the they're fuck? on the um 
thing going down to the oh infant, yeah that that, that broke me. Broke me. <laughs> yes yes oh it was it's just that look it. of <gasps> oh just watch it, it. Oh, watch man. it if you want to if you want to go on a feels two. trip no no i've seen the first two i've never never felt you need, well before. that's that's your necessary. that's your mission mission with mrs bully <laughs> she's not gonna watch that with me you have to watch that without crying it, are there dogs in it are the dogs um in not really i won't cry then <laughs> i mean i think there's probably a dog in it but now bad happens so i think you'll be fine exactly I mean, oh, the like, what would you, what would your equivalent of it be? Like, oh, nothing happens to Slinky, right? <laughs> <laughs> now you've got the horse. I hate horses. They're so. They're, 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 I, I think they, 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 they're narcissistic animals. <laughs> uh, I don't like Ansel them. No, and I was thrown off a horse when I was a child, and uh, it, didn't, and it never apologised. <laughs> I mean, it isn't capable of human speech, like as far as Mister Ed would leave us to believe. But I mean, are we friends? Like- are we friends anymore? No. Has no one ever tried to contact me? No. Could have seriously hurt me, yeah. How long ago was this? The horse might not be here anymore. 38 years ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 37, 36 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So that horse is dead. I win. <laughs> I win. Oh, my God. Damn that negativity. It's like back into the Romero thing, though. I mean, uh, the end of his last zombie film because i know it's uh night dawn day then you've got land diary and survival has anyone seen survival of the dead no no it's not good okay. but at the end of it they have the zombies eating animals it's up to that point apparently you don't see animals in those films yeah that's the point and at the end of that it's like the zombies start eating the animals and they try to domesticate them almost which is a oh. bit what they were going for in day of the dead anyway mm. But yeah, I mean, the second trilogy, we'll call it, isn't great. Yeah. No. I like Diary. That's not my, my guilty pleasure movie. I've not, see, I've not seen that one. It's I think maybe George, I've seen it once. Like... It's, if you frame it as George Romero making a student film about zombies, because I know at that time... Oh, yeah, I have seen it, because mm. he's filming the whole time. It's the, the, the other guy's filming it. He's yeah, it, it's a yeah. found footage kind of thing. Yeah. I do remember. I do remember it. But yeah, it's, Some, it's if you view it as just... yeah. But if you view it as him making a student film, yeah, kind of the the meta aspect of it, it's fine because he uses a lot of the things student films were making at the using at the time. Yeah. So if you frame it like that, it's it's a good film, but then it's not a great film if you view it as a film on its own. It's asking a lot, I know, but. I'm always championing in Diary of the Dead. Okay. We're at me. Abby, my, you're number on, two. On my, Let's see your number two. Your number two. Uh, again, what this is one from the year I was brought kicking and screaming into the world. This is uh, director Bernard Rose's The Candyman. Ooh. My original okay. Candyman. Like it was, I think it came out in America in 92, but 93 everywhere else. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I love this movie it's just got that constant unsettling vibe to it again i think and that comes from the uh sort of obviously filmed on actual film and not like like digitally kind of thing but um it's it's because it started out it was a it was a short story in a small horror collection of books and it's by someone um 
I'm pretty sure it's it's by like another famous horror author. Um, I'm gonna have to look into it again because I actually got a copy of the book with it in for my ex partner because again he's a big horror fan. But um, yeah, uh, I I just I just I just love the whole vibe of it. You know, woman going into research on urban legends goes into you know as as a white woman she goes into like very um sort of rough social deprivation kind of areas of the u.s which i watched a video on it recently and it goes into like the actual history of the place where it's set cabrini green yeah yeah cabrini green yeah that's it and it, it goes goes into those kind of housing projects and the again the sort of decline in uh like you know just general life quality and so- social stuff in places like that so that that immediately gives it a very uh hostile edge to the film like which is good because that's already sets up a precedent but i think um yeah just uh T- tony todd plays such an iconic performance in that film and it's like the first time i saw it there was a lot more build-up to it than i actually expected which i think is great because it didn't do the whole thing of reveal the monster straight away which uh, i think a lot of horror films need to just cut out it's getting it's get it's ruining a lot of horror for me i would say but um yeah, basic premise of the film. She's looking into urban legends uh, around this place called Caprini Green and the legend of the Candyman comes up and it's all about the sort of initial thing of like, is it the people who are aware of the urban legend, you know, taking her for a ride because obviously she's in a uh, social situation that she is completely out of her depth with. And it, it's just the build, it's the build up of the film to where... Uh, where you meet all these characters. And I think the character studies of this film are really solid as well. Like the woman she makes friends with, with the little baby and um, the visuals in it. Um, again, just the idea of insects touching me freaks me out. So that's, that's a good, that's a good horror aspect of it. Like, honestly, like a fly goes near my ear. I get like really freaked out and a little bit violent. So. <laughs> yeah. The fact that yeah. he had um, actual bees in his mouth at the end of it. Yeah, no. That and he was, got that a bonus was... for everyone that stung him. Wow! Did he really? Oh, yeah, he had like that. in his contract. It's like if anyone stung, every sting he gets, he gets like a bonus. And apparently, he didn't get any bonuses. None of them stung him. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> I think um... I think this is one of those films where the poster artwork is really just mm. viscerally horrible as well, because it is just a bee walking across someone's eyeball, which I think I find grossly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> It was a Clive Barker Books of Blood. That's it. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I got that. I got him that, and uh, another book I got him was the one with the uh, is it Night Flyer by Stephen King? In like I got this guy mm. some pretty sick books, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, actually Clive, I yeah. actually didn't know that, but it's a, it could have been a very different film because it's originally set in Liverpool. The story is it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's. It's a it's a story called The Forbidden by Clive Barker. Like like Dean <laughs> said, it's from the Book of Blood. I was just reading about it. It was um, the themes of growing up in a contemporary British Liverpool, uh, but they chose to refit it to Chicago <laughs> instead. <laughs> there you go. I think yeah, and I think the backstory that comes with the Candyman. Obviously, they allude to it in the in the first film because they obviously get get a bit more like explanatory with it yeah. in the in the sequels like i've not seen the sequels but i know one of them's about his like great 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 granddaughter or something like that but um yeah i i think because it was such a horrible sort of historical topic 
anyway, that adds another edge to it, I think. And I always like that story of that kind of narrative of ghosts looking for a, some sort of vengeance. You know, like they've been done wrong and they come back and it's terrifying to people. But without overly explaining it, I think that does take the edge off a little bit. But yeah, great, great, great film. Like it like it was one of those films where I sort of kind of assumed what would happen in it, but I was pleasantly surprised the whole way through. Mm. I like I like it, man. I've, I've, I've seen a couple of the sequels. Mm. I think they're good. I've not seen the new one. I've been. I well, have heard some well, very mixed reviews. I have been well warned off it. Uh, yeah, I I like Jordan Peele's movies. Like, don't I, get I me love, wrong. I love Jordan Peele. I love but Peele like, Peele I think changing like does this like the new Candyman? Like, are we considering like a soft reboot kind of thing, or are they like going it's, with the original? No, no, it's a complete re- redo, isn't it? So. Yeah, I mean, like, one thing that needs to be said, the actor, uh, the main actor in the new one, very good-looking man. Well, Tony Todd? Yeah, he's a great-looking guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like a Clyde Barker's other one, big famous on Hellraiser, mm. where you go oh, into yeah. it thinking it's one thing, but it's another. It's very yeah, much about exactly the it. thing surrounding it rather than the monster itself. I well, that's exa- yeah. Yeah. So I say the setting of it, Cabrini Green was <clears throat> really horrible area to film in. There, she had to enlist gang members to keep the set safe, safe in quote marks. Yeah. And they're actually filmed in it, and like it's all filmed around the area. And then you read about Cabrini Green itself. I mean, they got Sweet. a book, um, "What Cops Know," picked up yeah. years ago. What cops know? Connie Fletcher. It has bits stories about Cabrini Green in it, and it's it's horrific. It's pretty scary to watch because it's again, it's a whole way of life that I don't think any of us here can really comprehend. So, well, the ghetto. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, what I mean, it's just like that specific era as well. It was very, like, it was in mm. the media a lot. It was in the media a lot, and it was being, you know, reported on in certain ways. Uh, this, that, and everything else. So, like. Yeah, I'm not very good at elaborating on points. I get halfway through a sentence in my head and I think, no, wait, that's not a good word. Wait, let's change that to something else. Okay, I forgot what I'm yeah. talking about. But <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's I, 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 it's one of those films where it was made, it, it was set in the, you know, the era it was filmed in. But nowadays, if they remade it and set it in the same era, I don't think it'd quite hit the same i'm not entirely sure like obviously there's a big thing in films nowadays of like giving it that 80s kind of vibe or like setting it in the 90s or something and just having that aesthetic edge to it but uh yeah also the bonus of not having mobile phones that's exactly it i think that's why a lot of horror nowadays is just falls really you know you didn't have the immediate thing of being able to call each call each other or film stuff or blah 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 so it's it's kind of ruined that uh, yeah, that's why a lot of films are set in the eighties and stuff. There's a great one out now, a summer of well, a couple of years ago, summer of '84. Oh, I've heard about that one. Yeah, yeah, it's like a kid growing up, and it's the traditional. Um, well, what we got nowadays, we like, we do the retro music with it, the new version of that, uh, Stranger Things. It has a lot of that vibe to it, Mm-mm-mm. but it just takes a little tangent where it goes realistic and the ending of it is I don't know just my mind works better when films end on a downer because that's how life is a lot of the times 
it's yeah, not a massive happy ending on it. It's kind of ruined the film that came, like the rest of the film that came beforehand. It's like when you have a really sh- uh, um, not good uh, <laughs> twist ending that just completely deflates the rest of the film that you've just sat out through that time watching. It's just like, oh, I've invested all that time for this. Yeah. But with that film, it's just, it's got such a downer ending. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's life. And Boo. My, number two. My number two is really interesting. So uh, many years ago, uh, I went to a friend's house for an eve, and uh, I, I never visited this friend's house before. It was an older house, uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and uh, it was quite spooky. It was like an old, it was like a farmhouse, not as bad as that, but like uh, out in one of the villages in Kent. And um, we were staying up as young teens do. And a movie came on Channel 4 and it was just, we had a fire going. I was in this place and um, we watched a movie, which is my number two, which is from 1974, called From Beyond the Grave. Um, Absolutely fascinating film. So basically it's got Peter Cushing and he plays an antiques dealer. So he's got a little shop and each um, time someone comes in to buy one of the items, it starts off a different story about that item. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's really, it was just the, it was just, it's the closest I can honestly say I've been to a perfect setting because it was like in the middle of nowhere in this old house with a fire on and this TV is playing this movie and it was just everything meshed together to make like the perfect movie mm. experience so and I, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie as well um so like someone buys a door and that ends up being a doorway into like a hellish sort of ghost world um there's a guy that buys a medal and claims that he was in the army and there's a whole story about that I don't want to give away too much because it's, it's just a really good movie um but yeah, it's, it's it started my love of anthology, so I love anything anthology. So like oh, Tales from so... the Crypt, Tales yeah, from the I was just so... I was just gonna say like, is it the second Tales from the Crypt? Uh, it's got the one with the old people's home in it. Uh, yeah, the Tales from the Crypt. Oh no, it's not the old people's the home. It's the uh, they're all blind. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's one of the um, with the dog. And with the dog, a, yeah, with the yeah, dog, yeah, yeah. with the dog. Okay, yeah. so I think that's a, that's asylum. I think it's um, one of it's one of those. Yeah, I just remember a, the uh, I can't remember the actor in the one uh, section of it, but he's like an old man living in this house, and they're trying to buy this house off him, and they just basically ruin this little old man's life, and he comes back to haunt him, and it's it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. I think that's a sign where it might be the house that drink blood. It could be the Valhara. Yeah, but basically it's one of the... So the company that makes that is Amicus, and they yeah. were, they're often yeah. likened to um, Hammer Horror. Mm. But, the, but this one, this I think, from Beyond the Grave, is uh, Amicus. But, yeah, it's just a, like perfect timing, perfect movie, perfect setting. And, yeah. yeah, that's for me, my number two will always be from Beyond the Grave because it's not even that well-known. But it was just, it just happened to be the perfect viewing. Like it was, we, yeah. ruined, it, we ruined it then by watching Shocker, Wes Craven's Shocker after that. <laughs> um, but yeah, From Beyond the Grave was absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I still enjoy it. Good bunch of movies. I'll have to check that one out. I've never seen that one. Never heard of that one either. 
But yeah, so it's basically four customers buy or steal from Temptations Limited, an antique shop where the motto is offers you cannot refuse, uh, cannot resist. And a nasty fate awaits those who try to cheat the shop proprietor, Peter Cushing. So, um, is yeah. that like the tagline on the outside of the shop? <laughs> offers you cannot resist. <laughs> and something, 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 Peter Cushing. Peter <laughs> Cushing. Oh, dear. So yeah, I'm going to number ones. I've got like a load of nearly ran obscure entries I was going to put in. I've got um, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Alien, Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, I love Evil Pan's Dead. Labyrinth. I wouldn't consider that a... Is that one I... I mean, it's got horror elements with it, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a horror story. Mm. It's a children's yeah, horror story yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, audition. Oh, yeah, that's class. I've not seen it. I'm very aware of it, though. Yeah, it's well worth checking out. You sort of pitch it as a love story because <laughs> it has a very slow mm. melodrama kind of leading up to the weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dawn of the Dead's there as well, which I said previously. Uh, obscure ones are Pontypool, okay. which is a take on the zombie genre. Mm-hmm. And it was an audio play oh, that they made oh, into okay. a film. And they, you could actually watch, uh, listen to the film as an audio play. Oh, cool. And it's the idea that uh, the, the virus goes through the airways oh, and talking. Right. And you get infected by talking. So it's set in a radio station with the producer and the radio presenter and the eye in the sky. Mm-hmm. So they're all talking and seeing the world fall apart. And it's all to do with the language and the way you talk. And yeah, it's a great oh, wow. film. So you can give the audio play as yeah. well. Worth listening to. And Triangle. With the Bermuda no, it's movie, um. Right? So it starts with a girl going onto a boat, and they go on like a little. Oh, he's, he's got like a, like a sack-faced killer. Is that yeah? And yeah. It, it, the film sort of wraps up thirty minutes into it, and you think that's it, and you think, wow, this is like everyone gets killed really quickly, and then a twist happens, and oh. another twist happens, and another twist. It's you sort of. It's hard to explain without ruining it. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's fair. But yeah, triangles were worth checking out as well. Mm. But they're like the obscure ones. I want more people to see. Number one, uh, number one. Hopefully, everyone's seen. Also from 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I love this. Got film. Some very disappointing sequels, but yes, that's <laughs> golden. <laughs> I like number two. That's. Wait. Which is the one that had Vigo Mortensen in it, and we're all supposed to believe that he's a redneck, <laughs> in that he's far too like he was way better put together looking than the rest of the family. <laughs> um, it's one of them. Was that one of the remakes? Uh, yeah, it, I it must have come out in like the nineties or early noughties or something. Yeah, I don't know. It, the number two's good because it's Toby Hooper going. Um, hmm. There's no way I can do a sequel, so I'm just going to make a comedy. <laughs> and everyone hated him for the fact he made a comedy. Yeah. And then you got Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation, which is mm. a Matthew McConaughey and Rene Zellweger. Yeah. Which is also hilarious, but not supposed to be hilarious. Yeah. Then there's Leatherface, isn't there? Yeah, there's so many remakes. I mean, they remade the first one twice now. Mm. Mm. I know some people saying that the remake's better than the original. Oof, controversial. Yeah, there's one good shot in it. 
This is all I can remember from the film. It's like, it's one good shot. It's, I think that's... it's body horror stuff I find like the most actually unsettling and gross because <laughs> it's it's like, you know, it's it's you can imagine it kind of happening. <laughs> well, like society. Yes. Video drive. Oh, I did not even think of society. What a film! Wow. We watched that, re- we watched that <laughs> My, recently. The first Brian time. Yunza. Go on. No, no, I was saying Brian. It's Brian Yunza, isn't it? Yeah, right. Yuzna. Yeah. Yuzna. No, yeah. Me and Tay watched that recently. I've I've seen it many years ago, and we wanted to rewatch it. It's a lot campier than I remember. Yeah. So uh, I keep going on about the ex-partner of mine who's really into horror movies. The first time he met my parents in person, he was wearing a T-shirt of guess which bit from Society. Is it the no. arse head bit? It is indeed. The arse head bit. Yes. It was that. <laughs> Solid. Solid. <laughs> Solid law <old> material. <laughs> yeah, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's a, it's a really simple story, isn't it? It's kids going across state lines to see the, mm. the graves of their parents who because there's been someone digging up the graves in the area. Yeah. And for years, this film was built up to be like the scariest thing, thing ever. Mm. And generally, when that's the case, it never lives up to your expectations. I mean, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Night on Elm Street, um, you've not seen any of them, have you? So, mm, Halloween, maybe? Yeah, I've seen Halloween. Yeah, but those films, when you watch them, it's like they're good, but they never mm. really click for me. Like, Night on Elm Street, especially, is like, is this supposed to be funny? Yeah. People I, were scared of it at the time, but now yeah. you're watching, it's like, it's funny and it's good so they're like five stars but they're never like outstanding six star mm. films I, I think for me with a lot of horror films like insidious was good up until a point and then they showed you the darth maul ghost and i was like completely over it but when <laughs> when a film has like a legitimate jump scare in it like so, some of the um uh paranormal activity movies like some of the jump scares in that are legitimately very good but me being me and being from yorkshire um <laughs> I have this inherent thing, and I think a lot of us do. Wherever, whenever a jump scare happens, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to swear for the for the sake of the story. But uh, I went to see was it um, Woman in Black when that was out at cinemas, and it was quite a you know it was a fairly packed cinema. And there's this one particular jump scare that happens, and I won't go into it because people haven't seen it. But there's this one particular jump scare that happens sort of towards middle end of the film, and I. Uh, it caught me so off guard. I just, so, so off guard. I just shouted, "Oh, you bastard!" Like, like that. And all these people, all these people side laughing, and I was just like, "I'm sorry, can't help it." It's like it's like when I've got my headphones on and my mum taps me on the shoulder, like, "Oh, you!" Like, and I can't, I'm not allowed to swear. It's not good. I get really jumpy. Yeah, but this film is like everyone's saying it's the scariest film ever, and it's really they live up to expectation and this one i watched it and it just got me like it got under my skin and just yeah. stayed there just digging at yeah. me like there's a bit where they're eating the meal she's tied up and she's just screaming and there's like close-ups of the eyeball moving around and the sound effects of it all yeah yeah i think sound design's a big yeah that six, got me yeah. all it's got its claws in me got under my skin yeah and the big thing about you watch it now and I remember one of those things thinking, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's got to be like bloody and gory. 
and there's very little gore and blood in it. Yeah, it's it's the impl- it's the implied stuff in it. I think is the worst yeah. part. And like the I mean, kills, it's the, you. It's the nasty stuff. Like when they put her up on the hook, there's like yeah, it that's pause, has it such a re- it's such a good effect, and it's still yeah, not it's like visceral, but you don't see like blood squirting yeah. out of her and like limbs falling off you. Yeah, and then when the guy gets hit over there with a the hammer, it's so realistically yeah, that, nasty. That mm. kill is like. He goes in, it's a shock, Loverface just steps out. He looks up at him, he hits him with a hammer, goes down and his legs stop spasming. Yeah, I and think And he drags him off and shuts the door and that's the yeah. sound of the door shutting and the, the ambient sound after that and the slow pull away from the camera. It's like, that stayed with me. Yeah, that's, oh God, it's, yeah, like the sound design in, is it Bone Tomahawk? That's real oh, God. visceral. Yeah. yeah. Turns out it's a the dry sound that, as well. Turns out the director of that is a big fan of heavy metal and he um, gave my mate's band a shout out, which was like completely unexpected. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just certain moments like that in films. Like it's not, a, not really, I don't really count it as a horror film, but that bit in the first uh, Brendan Fraser mummy movie where the scarab beetle goes up the guy's toe, that... Oh! Oh! <laughs> like it's even making my feet twitch now. It's just, you know, it's... Mm, grossly uncomfortable like yeah. anything in horror movies happening to hands like the scene in uh, is it Suicide Club where the woman's chopping vegetables and then she, something just clicks in her head and she just goes down her hand I was just like <laughs> <laughs> like completely yeah. just unnecessary <laughs> also it takes a strange mask you got um, equal opportunities killing the, um, yeah. yeah Franklin wheelchair <laughs> character gets killed <laughs> the most oh, annoying goodness. character in horror yeah would you all give him credit for because he apparently stayed in character off when they weren't filming and annoyed the castmates to the point where they hated him oh no and that was the entire <laughs> idea of it he's like he's a method actor yeah so he annoyed the hell out of the other characters so they didn't like him so the animosity on screen you see them like not it's liking legit. him yeah yeah they yeah. didn't like him and everyone like, hates that character and it's like yeah he was it was designed for you not to like him and that's kind of the thing where he's like, he's in a wheelchair, you're supposed to feel sorry for him, but he's so whiny, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, the leather face is never explained, even though you got all the sequels trying to explain it. Yeah, no no amount of sequels could explain that, really. The, no, the exactly. I think, I think it's... That's a good point you make, because, you know, you've led to be really fearful of this character, but then just because like another character comes in who seems a bit lesser than him and he's already like he's very you know yeah uh, and there's a bit where he's putting the lipstick on and yeah <laughs> and, and the dress on it's just it's just odd and bizarre and mm, grossly yeah. uncomfortable so yeah that's my number one texas chainsaw massacre the basic bitch answer i'm guessing <laughs> no I didn't call it a basic bitch. I think one of the one of the other slasher movies would be much more of a basic B word. Yeah, Halloween maybe. Sorry, that's a swear word, but I've got nothing. I don't know. I think like (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street to me seems like that would be like the first Nightmare on Elm Street. I think that would be like the basic, the basic answer. I'm not Mm. not entirely sure actually. But yeah, any. uh, any guesses from you two what my number one is? Giant uh, goth titties. Is it yes. Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How, however, Why would you, that be? Um, 
I can think of two bouncing voluptuous reasons. <laughs> Gary Oldman. <laughs> Gary Oldman's balls. Gary Oldman's balls. <laughs> Two big gelatinous bouncing reasons. <laughs> Gary Oldman's balls. Oh, that's your episode title. Oh god. Um yes, it is the 1992 iconic romantic horror Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by your y- boy. Francis Francis Ford Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. Absolutely. Big, big wonderfully. Franny. Big, fr- big, big Franny. <laughs> <laughs> you can't call him Franny. Sorry. I've been on an iron brew pick for the past two days and it's killing me. But yeah, um, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula, just everything about this film is amazing and perfect. And I dare say, even Keanu Reeves' accent in it adds to the just the overall like cult status of the film like it's it's got everything it's got vampires it's got it's got you know nods to old old style filmmaking from like the 20s up to sort of dario yeah, argento style everything stuff. done in camera everything done in camera pra- like all practical effects bar like the sort of colored lightning bits but that's like nobody cares about that but and of course my one, tr- my one true future ex-wife, Monica Bellucci, in that one scene where she just appears out of the bed between Keanu Reeves' legs, and me as a young person was like, "Hmm, definitely not straight." <laughs> I wish I was those legs. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, like yeah, I think that a lot of people consider that their like bisexual awakening film, and it's very fucking obvious why. Like I, I either like Monica Bellucci women or dudes that happen to look like vampire Gary Oldman Dracula in the suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking I could rant for days and days and days about how much I love everything to do with this film just like the costume design the costume designer was just led to go absolutely wild with it there's not a lot of historical accuracy with a lot of it but the visuals are just perfection <laughs> and like we, we all have to say like Gary Oldman's haircut when he's old man Dracula in that film is just nothing short of an, a, a true icon of <laughs> film it's it's oh god i just remember being a young teenager it was just when i was getting into like heavy metal and the alternative scene like that and the first time i sat down and watched it like i it it's one of those films where it completely just blows your mind changes your life i know a lot of people see this film as marmite like they either really like it or they really just don't get the hype around it but i think it's because i've studied like old film and animation and things like that, I can appreciate a lot of the like background stuff that went into it. And like, you know, I, I spend hours and hours watching behind the scenes documentaries about this film, like learning about the, you know, the interactions between the cast, the sort of filming choices, um, the history of the book as well, because let's, let's be real. Uh, Bram Stoker was a big old bisexual. <laughs> All of the authors around that time were like he was mates with, 
you know, Lord Byron and um, Bram Stoker's wife famously was supposed to be married to Oscar Wilde at one point. So that, that's a that's a fun little snippet <laughs> for you. But um, I love it. I just, oh my God. Speaking I, of married, isn't Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder married in a certain religion because of the film? Yeah, yeah. That's like a famous thing that happened. That's, that's, a, that's a famous incident that went down, apparently. Um, whether it's completely accurate or not, I'm not entirely sure. But it, um, yeah, just... And even Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing in that film is just so, like, perfect. You, you, they just let him be just unapologetically Anthony Hopkins. And, of course, what, talking about being unapologetically themselves, Tom Waits' as Renfield in this film is just him being mad as a box of frogs. Just absolutely <laughs> chewing up that scenery and eating them bugs. What a dude. <laughs> bugs in the mouth again. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> but um, I just, oh my God. I've, I, like, I literally love it so much that I've got the poster right next to, right next to my bed. Like, I, I managed to get like a decent enough reprint of the film poster. And I just, oh my God. It was, it's just that kind of era of, movies where everything had that goth tinge to it in the sort of 90s to early 2000s which is just what was it 92 92 yeah it was it was it it came out um just after i was born because according to the poster i have here it says november 13th so yeah that was like a couple weeks after i was born um yeah, just oh, just I I I cannot rant. I could I can do a whole episode where I properly rant about this film, but like being on the spot, my mind just completely blanks. But yeah, I just everything about it's wonderful. And can we talk about just the the soundtrack is so iconic. It's so iconic that it's it's been used countless times in other like film advertisements. Like um yeah, the uh guy did the soundtrack for that he's gone on to influence some of my favorite metal bands as well who have that kind of symphonic edge in their music and it just really makes it that much more epic and uh you know we can kind of forgive the dodgy annie lennox soundtrack at the end but the rest of the film's great um yeah i found that a bit jarring love song for a vampire is one of the best annie lennox songs oh no it's a decent annie lennox song it just took me out it's a banner the banger but yeah um, for my birthday a couple years ago a friend of mine got me like the original like an original soundtrack cd of it like this cd is older than me (laughs) it's like the most precious thing on my shelf next to my queen of the damned soundtrack i've got a whole my whole little section on vampire movie soundtracks (laughs) but honestly like it's just everything in this film is is goals like it's, it started off my whole thing of uh, dudes with long hair and beards. <laughs> that's a that's a big that's a big uh, vital stipulation <laughs> for, for me in a relationship. <laughs> so I've won out there. <laughs> so boo number one. Uh, okay, since we're doing the guessing, can you all guess what my favourite horror film of all time is? Just from knowing me for like a, a year or two. Dawn of the Dead. It is absolutely Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> I was going to say something funny, but now that that went what, what 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 could be funnier than Dawn of the Dead? I was going to say Spice Girls the movie. It's pretty horrible. <laughs> it's pretty no, horrible. It is. It is the seventeen classic. <laughs> Twelve inches, all attitude. 
is is that how you were is that how you sort of (laughs) bigged yourself up to mrs bowley it is but it's about as thin as a piece of spaghetti so it's not (laughs) 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 no um yeah uh, dawn of the dead 1978 it's 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 the best one um it just it, it just blew my mind it was probably the the, the turn um, it's a major turning point in my life mm. it was from where I was like yay adventure movies to yeah f- fucking horror that's right I said it you can take them points um yeah just it was what one of the most important films for me because it just opened my mind. I, I had no, I didn't even know what a zombie was before I saw Dawn of the Dead. Mm. I just saw a clip of a guy being dragged into a shop and, they, and he had blue skin and he got shot in the head. And I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I need to see all of it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just, I love this movie from start to finish. I've, I, I've probably seen this film more than any other film in my lifetime. Yeah, um, same with my number one, it's definitely. A, it's a great movie. It's it, I, I with my prospective partners. If I'm if I'm dating somebody new, I'll always be like, I've got a movie to show you, and I judge them on the how they react to it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's just a really good movie. Um, I kind of recommend it. It's the whole idea of being trapped in a shopping centre. You can have whatever. So as a kid, it's like you could get whatever you want. You could have everything in the shops. Mm. So as a kid, that's kind of appeals. And then as an adult, you're just like, well, it's a good idea. You know, there's different shops. There's blatantly loads of stuff in the shops to survive on. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's it's become a cliche now, you know, survive in the shopping centre when the zombies mm. attack. Yeah. There's been games, movies, you know, everything that's just based on this premise that isn't Dawn of the Dead. So I, it just, just for how groundbreaking it is, um, you know, another black lead from George A. Romero. So it's again for back then, it's kind of groundbreaking. Not as groundbreaking as it was when Night of the Living Dead came out, but like oh, that it was, was still, truly something. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just a great time. It's a romp. It's an adventure. It gets you in the feels. Um, the original ending was uh, much much darker than they. All right. They, they ended up yeah. recording. There were meant to be no survivors, Abby. Shit. Yeah. In fact, if we're going into it, um, the actual ending they they they've made ahead. So what was going to happen was the last surviving lady was going to see that she was alone, and uh, instead of climbing into the helicopter and driving it, she was going to just lift her head into the helicopter blades. Her head was going to get cut off, and that was how the movie was going to end. Ooh. There you go. Yeah. Well, so, it's like but... the uh, original ending for um, Night of the Living Dead. They were originally going to have um, what happens happen to the main character, but then it, it they made that choice in the end, and I think it was a lot more profound having put that particular ending mm. in because it was a commentary on like you know social issues at the time without it being too um, forced. If you get mm. if you get what I mean, yeah, yeah. So which version of Dawn of the Dead do you actually prefer? Because there's several different cuts, isn't there? I mm. prefer the full cut with the children's zombies getting killed. Oh, um, I've not seen that one. <laughs> so there's a scene where they're getting gas um, for the helicopter. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the characters walks off into the office. He finds a body. He's like, okay, well, they're all dead in here. And he sees a vending machine. So he's like, you know what? I'll, I'll make a cup of coffee. 
Mm. So he's making a cup of coffee and he hears a little thumping, sort of looks off to the side. Now, no one can hear what's going on because the helicopter's blades whirling still. Mm. Uh, and then so he's drinking his drink and keeps hearing this thumping noise. And then suddenly these two children burst through the door and they jump on him and try and attack him and they're trying to bite his hand. And he ends up having to throw them against the sofa and then shooting them. Wow. And it obviously messes him up, mm. um, you know, having to, to gun down children. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's pretty much the most edited bit. Oh, I can, I can imagine. I'd never even realised that was a yeah. part of it. Which one's that called then, is it? Because I know there's... That's like the director's cut. Yeah, director's, because the Argento cut as well, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. Have you heard about the Japanese Argento cut? No, what's... I haven't. What's, what's, what's different in that? Uh, I think they sent the thing, the, the film over there. And they didn't include the soundtrack. Mm. So they put in uh, Argento soundtracks from Suspiria and the Heroin Busters. So it's different music entirely. Yeah. But it's the same sort of film, it's obviously in Japanese, but yeah. the music is like from Suspiria instead of the one he actually used for the, he made for the film. Just one of those weird little things. There's quite a few different versions online that people have made. Yeah, yeah. It's apparently a uh, you know 155-minute cut called the extended mall cut, which is yeah. all the extra footage. Oh, man, that's... Uh... I it's think like uh... Star Wars stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars I, I... edits. Oh, God, don't even. <laughs> I, could, I could literally do without that. But um, yeah, I think that's the thing with, like, as I was saying earlier, with Western horror and Japanese horror, they seem to be a lot less... Uh, inhibited about showing awful shit happening to kids <laughs> in those countries. Like uh, one of my favorite Japanese horror films, um, I think it translates to the slit mouth woman. That's literally about a deformed ghost lady that brutalizes children. Oh, she comes up to the street and says, "Do you think I'm beautiful?" Yeah, and yeah. you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Yeah, what about now?" And then if you, there's like that, it's like the ghost trying to trick you. Like you say, "Yes," and she says, "You're lying." She eats you. You say no. She eats you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the Japanese version apparently, whenever a scene of gore happened, they would pause the film, keep the audio running. Oh, right. That seems it, to but... like that. That explains why I've seen that in so many places. It's just like an editorial choice. Now that makes a lot mm. of sense to me. Okay. I mean, older Japanese films definitely have that. <laughs> Yeah, well, well. Nowadays, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so that was your number one. Mm-hmm. That was nice. absolutely. Well, it, there was never any question, really, was there? No. Nah. Oh, for sure. I just love yeah. that movie, man. I just, I have bought and lost like three or four Dawn of the Dead T-shirts in my life as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that is the show. That was the show of positivity, and we've run about two hours. Yep. Yay. Yay for positivity. I'm going to have to reschedule my stream because I'm supposed to be on like a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to do our listeners' top threes, but we'll wait for another day for that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe. Okay, and the scores were? Um... <laughs> I don't care. I just enjoy talking <laughs> yeah, about no, it. Yeah, exactly. This was, this was fun. But did, I, but did I win? No, you didn't. You lost. No, that's fine. I don't care anyway. We don't care. We had a nice time. When people yeah, say they nice love something, time. you get more points when you say you'd hate something you get less points oh we'll figure out at some point but yeah, yeah. it's a minus 32 for boo mm-hmm. minus 28 for abby for all oh. the f bombs thrown yeah a certain yeah. Segment. 
and I'm minus 14 because I'm lovely. You win. Yes, I win. I still, I still, uh, I still decry those um, psychopathy <laughs> test results the other week. I truly think you are the, uh, yeah. So I'm minus 14, which means I got uh, fuck, 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 cunt. Everyone say goodbye. Bye bye. Fuck, 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 cunt. Cunt. Oh, wait. Goodbye. Fuck, goodbye. fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> bye. Shit balls, McFucker me. Gary Oldman's balls. Gary Oldman's balls. <laughs> Clackers. Cunty wank wank. <laughs> that F King show. Oh, you nasty. Stop it. <laughs> What's your favourite horror movie, Mother? I don't like horror movies. Um, uh, well, it's definitely not Chainsaw Massacre. Do you, do you, want, do you want to tell them the story of <laughs> that one? Which one does too? Oh, you mean the one where you were so scared you didn't want to, you, you had to get Dad to hold your hand to go to the bathroom because you were no, scared? That was Silence of the oh, was that Sounds of the Lambs? My mistake. No, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was skiing. And we'd had a party the night before, and we all went skiing with hangovers. Oh no! And then the drop, half of us dropped out the skiing and on the coach. Mm. And they got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I bet that made for a fun trip. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's big cat on horror movies. Okay. <laughs>